are you headed back? Do you have do you have a trip scheduled to head back to Israel for visit or in, in yeah in March? I'm in SF next week, and then in March in uh, I'll be uh, I'll be in Israel. Yep, I think that's exciting. Yeah, it, it is as much as I would love to go. It is a bucket list place for me to go, and somehow it keeps it's just just right outside of my grasp. I know I just can't quite make it happen each time. Yeah, when you'll be there, you'll want to come back all the time. Yeah, that's what like, I've been told. Yes, so many we, ideas and energy, and yeah, it's it's a good place to be, electrifying even. Yeah, I lo- well, I love mm-hmm. it. I think um, so. Jerry Crispin, who was on a little while ago, sorry, watchers, he, he won't be joining us today. <laughs> uh, he's got an appointment, but uh, Jerry will be going with this delegation that I had mentioned earlier. Uh, and I think they've just got a lot of really cool stuff. Barbara East, who's uh, uh, VP on our team, is going to be going uh, and taking that on. So I just, I, I, like, I'm just so jealous. I'm like, if I had a filter to make me green right now, I would do it because it's just awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna we're talking about uh, an interesting topic today. We're going to talk about the the what we're calling the Great Betrayal. So, are you are you kind of ready to just jump right in? Um, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's, here we go. Let's do it. Welcome to the CXR Channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Right. I know that eventually we're going to come back from that cut and I'm still going to be up here kind of do, doing my thing. When it's on, we talk every year if we're going to get rid of that music and we keep it. Uh, for those who just dialed in, uh, I am Chris Hoyt. I'm the president of Career Crossroads and I am your host uh, for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, for this podcast, we call it Recruiting Community and it is quite literally that. This is where we have a chat with folks uh, from within the industry. They may be practitioners. Uh, they may be uh, quote unquote influencers, people sort of making a difference in that space. Uh, they could be at any level uh, within that. So it could be somebody who's sort of an up and comer uh, that we just think has some really cool stuff to say, or it could be an executive coming in, CEO, founder, that type, uh, to just chat about what's going on. So I will say uh, recently we've been, we've been having a lot of chats about this. Layoffs have been announced uh, by a number of companies so far this year. It's Valentine's Day, by the way. Happy Happy Valentine's Day with a heartbreaking conversation of layoffs. Uh, but we've had an awful lot of them announced this year in 2023. That includes really big companies, Showtime, iRobot, Twilio, uh, Yahoo. Uh, and the layoffs have affected, I think, a total of almost about 160,000 jobs just in the tech space. Uh, and a lot of the organizations are citing economic Headwinds. They're saying that these are the challenges, increasing competition, prices, that sort of thing are sort of the reason for the layoffs. Uh, and we've come up with uh, a couple of terms that are kind of interesting, but one uh, that sort of struck us as really interesting was, was not, not uh, quiet hiring, not quiet quitting, not quiet firing, uh, but this idea of a great betrayal. Uh, and there's some headlines that we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do, I want to bring our guest in from the green room. Raphael, how are you? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm really glad to be here. Happy thank Valentine's Day. Thank you. Happy Valentine. I hope you're doing something uh, something special this evening. Your plans? Well, my wife, who actually connected us, uh, she's flying out today to Canada. So no, no plans for today. <laughs> yeah. So I'm here talking about the Great Betrayal instead. Let's do it. <laughs> I can appreciate that. All right. Well, we'll do, thank you for spending your heart your heart day with me. I, very Absolutely. 
Well, look, Raphael, before we jump in really quickly, why don't you give us kind of an escalator pitch of who you are and then uh, give us a sentence or two about A-Team and kind of the work that you do there. And that, that'll put, I think, some perspective on your opinion and, and what you're going to share with us. Can you do that? Absolutely. So my name is Raphael Uzan. I'm the founder and CEO of A-Team. And A-Team was founded very much in the wake of the pandemic, thinking about establishing a, the world's first team formation platform to enable companies to form what we call cloud-based teams. So fractional teams of very highly skilled professionals in tech that have a chance to team up with people they want to work with, to work on problems that they choose to work on, while having the autonomy and flexibility of contract work, while having the support of, an, of a network, of a community of like-minded peers. Mm-hmm. The company grew fast, attracted um, today it's close to 9,000 of some of the most highly skilled product builders. So think in tech, product managers, designers, engineers, data scientists, growth marketers, et cetera, that connected through a team graph that captures who works with whom on what. So that companies from startups to Fortune 500 can form those very high-performing, highly motivated distributed teams to enable innovation, product development, those type of things in a hybrid kind of contract, full-time mix of... Um, of elite tech and product teams. Nice. Well, and I want to remind everybody too, because it is a live stream. We're on the YouTube and the Facebook and the LinkedIn and the Twitter. If you're in some of those that actually have a live chat enabled, you can jump right in with Rafael and myself. You can ask a question uh, of him, uh, or you can just say hello or drop in your LinkedIn profile. Uh, if that's working to do a little network, but we do have that live chat there. Also, of course, on cxr.org slash podcast, you can jump in there. Uh, so if you've got questions and you want to be part of that conversation, throw it in there. Sometimes we just stop to say hello. Uh, so, Rafael, we're talking the great portrayal, but let me share real quick. I've just pulled up. So layoffs.fyi, anybody who doesn't know, and actually I'll kick off. Let me just do this. I'll go ahead and throw it in the live chat for those who have not seen this. I don't know how you would have missed it. Uh, but layoffs.fyi, great resource that announces uh, a lot of stuff going on. These guys have been featured in Bloom, Bloomberg, uh, TechCrunch, uh, Wall Street Journal, that sort of thing. <clears throat> right now, I've got the layoffs sorted uh, up just by recency. So Hacker Earth, Twilio, Electric iRobot, Magic Eden, uh, Cassavo, Food Panda, uh, even, even LinkedIn, uh, some numbers on here. So it's, it's kind of interesting from a layoffs perspective. So th- this isn't stopping. Right. We, we didn't get through um, a period of time where, OK, well, we're done. We, we've sort of adjusted for some market. The layoffs seem to just keep happening uh, in, in different industries. And certainly, you know, no TA leader uh, is is a stranger to this and the impact that it has on their organization, specifically in tech in the tech space. Um, but the, there has what we haven't seen uh, are any CEOs getting shit canned. We, we haven't seen any of these, you know, super high up leaders that are taking a bullet. I think we saw Tim Cook said he took a pay cut. Uh, but my goodness, you know, he's still making almost 50 million a year base. We're not even talking about the other comp stuff. So it does bring us to the question. Uh, and you shared this link with me earlier. I'm also going to throw that in the chat for anybody who's looking for it. Maybe you can answer this question when we're saying great betrayal. Um, WTF is great portrayal, Rafael. What, what does that mean to you as we sort of jump in and talk about what, what does that phrase even mean? Yeah, like you said, this is not stopping now. And it also didn't just start um, in the past few months. Like when you think about the relationship between employer and employees, it's been um, for our parents, having a job was stability. 
and that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing you you aim for. That's what you wish your. That's what they, our parents wish for their children is to have a stable job. And we kind of went into this, and the, the the models of company building and hiring models have been shaken up quite a lot in the past few decades. But if you think of just what happened over the past three years, from the early pandemic days, you remember those days in May 2020 when we thought that the world was ending. Companies just had no choice. They were like, okay, look, uh, we've got to get rid of most of you, mm-hmm. either uh, firing you or furloughed. And a month or two later, uh, when we realized the world was actually not ending just yet, they're like, oh, actually, we're seeing some growth in particular verticals. Please come back. We made a mistake. So mm-hmm. we were like, mm, wait a second. And then more recently with the downturn in the market, you see those waves happening again and again and again. And it's the type of layoffs that, unlike what we've seen, you know, the layoffs happen all the time in any time in history. The one, the, the ones where even when you you could be revenue generating, well liked, have you know had good standing in the company, and you could still find yourself as part of this um, layoff list and handled in a way that sometimes is questionable, really has shattered. We see the the belief that. Employment, typical employment, is stability, and uh, and you've seen that uh, that change. I think we live in a time of incredible disruption of the way people see work and how we structure work. And this now layoff in uh, tech, in particular, and then more broadly in the market, is one that is almost like putting the the nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. When people realize throughout COVID that this can happen, you know, at any time. Also experiencing that life can be short. Global pandemic actually is something that can happen. We've seen a lot of good years, and now suddenly we see more challenging years. And people realize that they have to start relying on themselves, and they have to start and start caring about the work that they're actually doing. What is actually fulfilling if you know the world is so crazy out there? Mm-hmm. So you see people even in those times quitting jobs and saying, I want to be able to choose what I work on and who I work with. And if I cannot trust into in one employer that will provide me the stability that I need, it's on me to figure out how to diversify, how to have more relationship with, with companies that will give me growth, but it will give me the stability that I actually miss from employment. And that's an incredible change that I think we're experiencing right now. It, it, I would agree with you. It's a hard, it's a hard thing for me to take a, a hard line uh, and for one party or the other for this, because in my mind, employment has always been a, a promise between two entities, right? It's the employer and the employee. And the idea that um, as long as you as long as you continue to invest in me, I will continue to invest in you and the organization and being successful. So I, I encourage everybody that if they're not happy in their role and it's not fulfilling in their role to move on. Right to ju- to just pick up and go as you can, but I do recognize there there are countless hundreds of thousands of people who don't have the luxury of this isn't the best job uh, you know for my interests and so I'll just pick up and go, and then we've got this curveball that is the economy and the pandemic and then this, these massive these organizations certainly in tech that have this massive amount of growth and now they're curbing that right and coming back so is is this a betrayal of uh, of the organizations that scaled too quickly or scaled recklessly? Is that, is that kind of what we're talking about? And so that they, they've got a responsibility to the employee or, or is this just business as usual and just, just kind of 
a, a bigger deal than than it used to be because we've got a magnifying glass on it. I think it goes deeper than this because, like you said, there is a social contract with with companies that has been around forever, and that's one where you get to tell me where to be, what to work on, mm-hmm. who to work with, and you give me stability. You don't even contractually uh, have to invest in my growth, but at the very least, you'll give me a paycheck. And if I do well, it's understood that you know things should be okay. That has shattered. Like you realize today, if you're working at a company, you could be laid off tomorrow. You have no way to know. So when that happens, um, that moment in time is not just a blip. It's a sign that companies and the overall market is entering an era Mm-hmm. that requires agility and flexibility more than ever. We're seeing this. Like it was not just, oh, we had COVID-19 and then we had to deal with this one pandemic and then we're done. It almost felt like the beginning, almost like the, ex- the accelerant to so many other waves of disruptions happening. Just in the world of work, great resignation, quiet quitting, great reconsideration, people going remote. In the broader scheme of things, in the in broader world context, war here, Ukraine, et cetera, all this change yeah. is happening. Now there are so many variables that even the most complex models trying to predict what's going to happen tomorrow are failing. So companies, in a way, have to rethink as well their relationship with employees because the companies are not stopping to hire despite the fact that they just did layoff. What's mm-hmm. going to happen in a few months when the world changes again? when there's another type of pressure that happens. Plus, productivity and efficiency becomes absolutely critical for companies that, um, and for a time we forgot about that, but now companies in particular have to figure out how to grow cost and spending in a way that makes sense with revenue. So what are you going to do? Every time that revenue isn't there or you've invested and doesn't work, you're going to do another wave of layoff? It's incredibly taxing on so many levels. Seems to be a pattern though. I mean, it is. It, it, right. It seems to be this never ending circle of, you know, we hire big and oops, we we effed it up and now we're laying off big or, you know, having to do this shift. So how, how do we get out of that? I mean, I'm going to go back to my other comment. And we had a really interesting conversation uh, last week, not you and I, but some others on LinkedIn talking about some headlines that are hitting where people are saying, when are the senior leaders held accountable for poor people planning and poor business planning? Yeah. Is that, is that coming? You know, do we need I to think, type it into chat GPT and figure out what the answer to that is? Like, where do we go? Look, I think we can blame the leadership for not having the perfect crystal ball, but the bottom line is that no one does. And of course, companies would rather plan better and forecast better. But mm-hmm. frankly, you look at your like 2023, you're now making budgets and hiring uh, uh, headcount, uh, headcount management and prediction. How do you know what's going to happen next month? How can you make prediction on revenue and uh, and cost and spending in a way that makes sense? There's inflation. There's all this movement happening. It's almost impossible. And therefore, um, so you're seeing that happening. We're also seeing, and that that has been going on for quite a while, that incredible uh, push towards contract work, freelancing, being independent to some capacity. There was this research that, show, that showed that uh, a third of highly skilled professionals earning over $150,000 a year, mm-hmm. was researched by McKinsey, are doing contract work. A third of highly skilled professionals, which is crazy. You also saw this article that showed that uh, nine to five employees feel less stability than the ones who do contract work. And we're seeing that with the data that we've surveyed, seeing that out of the people that have been laid off, 
close to 70% are now looking into contract work as a, as a better alternative. So you see that the, the, at the same time, there's all this disruption in the higher end of the market, in the highly skilled category, there's always going to be demand. If anything, the demand is going to increase. But then people don't want to participate in that. And companies cannot predict really well what's going to happen. And therefore, those big investment decisions, such as hiring a lot of people, are going to have more and more um, error rates and correction required. So what we're seeing the best companies do is structure differently. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask, I mean, it seems to me that the failure, the betrayal is not evolving. Right. So when we're talking about this, a company's just continuing to, to, to recycle and do the same thing over and over. That that seems to be the betrayal because there are unknowns in running a business and organization and staffing for that. But we did also see a lot of organizations do really cool things to keep their employees on. We have a couple of members within Career Crossroads who managed to not lay off a single recruiter. They repurposed them in the organization. And when that flex was done, they brought them back in and, of course, increased their own knowledge, right, of how the organization works or business unit they would have other line, a line of business otherwise been supporting. So it seems to me uh, that it is about restructuring, maybe role sharing, investing in sort of more gig work. I mean, that that seems to be where uh, maybe the new co-promise, right, that 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 promise to the, the employee uh, or the potential employee and and that work could could see more investment. Very much so. I think it's a, actually a brilliant way to put it. Um, we have to revisit those models and revisit even the contract, the social compact that we do with, with, uh, with our workforce. You could rethink having a smaller core employee kind of FT footprint to which mm -hmm. you're really committed. And they're also committed to you in the long term. That means like any good relationship. That means in good times and in bad times. And if anything, the bad times are going to be the one forging that relationship. But then you'll be able to create a more uh, agile and resilient and efficient workforce that is structured around impact, around outcomes. Mm -hmm. What we see the best companies do, and you're right, that has been their failure for most of them to adapt. A lot of tech companies that, oh, there's COVID, there's growth, capital is free, let's hire just a bunch of people, we'll ask questions later. Instead, they've been thinking in terms of what are the outcomes that are the company needs to accomplish. And if you start thinking that way, and that where I think TA leaders have a huge role to play in company building, is to move the conversation from list of headcount, okay, what do you need? Let's just write it down, right? And get a uh, budget approval. But mm -hmm. rather, what are the outcomes we need to drive? Because when you start putting that question in terms of outcomes, then the, the next question becomes, what are the teams that you need in order to maximize your chances to accomplish that outcome? And when you start thinking in terms of the teams that are outcome-driven, then W2, W9, et cetera, it becomes secondary. And that enables you to create that workforce in a way that you have that core that you're very much committed to. You have the fractional expertise and builders and so forth that you can bring on to power the teams in a way that is flexible so that you made a bet, you started building out, it didn't work out that way, you can repurpose, you can shift, you can divest and invest into areas where you won't need to lay off because it's our core or things that actually end up working, right? Yeah. And you create a company building model that is much more resilient, dynamic, agile, and that can be, I believe, and I think a lot of companies see, the right the type of organization that can thrive in an environment that is very clear to be uncertain, uncertain and riddled with challenges and disruptions. Yeah, it's interesting, Rafael. So we've we've got, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk now just in the recruiting pocket, right, of the business, right, the recruiting side. 
So within Career Crossroads, we got about 130 employers and brands now uh, that are members. And we ask them from time to time, we do, we do these polls and surveys, these benchmark reports. And one that has come up that was asked for by members was they wanted to know how many of their peers uh, were now investing, uh, leaning in or leaning out on RPO services. So instead of having a, you know, an entire recruiting team that's all FTEs, uh, what percentage were they going to move to of core FTE recruiters versus, you know, an outsourced service or even contracted recruiters for that exact reason? If we if we step on our tails again or if the market shifts, you know, unpredictably again, we can easily flex that that work. Right. We're not getting rid of FTEs and pieces. Are you seeing and, and I will tell you, roughly uh, almost 30% of the respondents so far that have come in and said they are doing their homework on moving. Whereas, and I'll, I'll use a quote from one of the leaders who had said, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't have spit on an RPO to put them out if they were on fire. And now this year, I've got four that are in the middle of <laughs> the process, <laughs> where, you know, where we're looking for bids. So, I mean, are you, are you seeing that type of shift uh, outside of recruitment? Uh, on, a, on a sort of a larger scale, moving more towards gig, moving more toward contract, that type of flexibility? Very much so. We're seeing, from my perspective, looking at product builders or engineers and designers and product managers, et cetera, we're seeing that expand tremendously for companies of all sizes, from startups and tech companies to Fortune 500 and, 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 and uh, mid-sized enterprises. And we're seeing a very interesting shift where actually recruiters and TA professionals are now thinking of gig slash contract slash contingent workforce, not just for commoditized type of work, which some historically has been the case in, in, in many situations, but rather for kind of the tip of the spear initiatives. And that's where you can drive growth by bringing the type of expertise that because of the great betrayal, because of the patterns in the market, I actually don't really want to work full time for a company that is going to let them off tomorrow and whatever else may happen. But they're gladly team up with you on a particular outcome, particular challenge. So I think with the, the, that model that you mentioned and that evolution within the recruiting sphere is, uh, is, is very relevant. And we're seeing that happen with all the highly skilled and kind of 10x type people, contributors mm -hmm. on the knowledge type work happening throughout the enterprise. So yeah, I was just going to jump in. So into what I hear you saying a couple of times, and you're, you're being, um, uh, you're, you're outright saying it, and I think you're also insinuating as you go through, is that you're talking about having a, a planning conversation that says, what is the outcome you're looking for? Let's plan around the outcome. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of TA leaders, maybe they don't have that level of uh, partnership within their organization. So, so let me ask you, Rafael. So if I'm a TA leader today, uh, and, and I just, my, my head is spinning and these layoffs keep happening all around me. And I want to ensure, uh, the, the mental safety, uh, of my team. I want to ensure that we are being effective as leaders in the organization. And maybe I don't have the ear, uh, of the C-suite from a planning perspective. Is there anything you'd recommend? Is there something I can do, uh, to be more engaged or, or, or be better prepared for whatever the next great thing is, we're going to call it quiet betrayal hot betrayal, chat GPT betrayal, I don't know, whatever, whatever that's going to be like, what is a TA leader? Should I know? I love this question. Um, we work a lot with, uh, with TA leaders uh, uh, across, across the, the market, and we learn a lot from them because we see the shift that has been happening from almost playing defense. Oh, I have a bunch of wrecks. You know, how quickly can you fill those wrecks to yeah. playing offense, being like, what is the company building that will enable us to accomplish our goals? And you see 
PA leaders working closely with hiring managers to help them even think through that essentially ROI case, that impact-focused, outcome-driven hire. So when you think the way you group even the hiring, if you can have that conversation with hiring managers, it doesn't have to go to the C-suite. Sometimes they don't even really know, but the hiring managers should know. And sometimes asking them the question, we'll look for, okay, like this is what we need to deliver on. Mm-hmm. And this is why I need these roles. Okay, why do you really need that? What happens if it if you don't get the budget you think you're going to get? What happens if this works out? If it doesn't work out? What type of skills is really paramount versus isn't? And that will um, uh, and that will help move and graduate. I think a lot of the TA professionals to being potentially the most important people in terms of who's building the organization. Yeah. And the high managers have the pressure as well because this whole idea of doing more with less is a good tagline. It's very hard in practice because what hiring managers are essentially experiencing is, okay, you're not getting this green light on this headcount and you still have to achieve what you need to achieve. You mentioned the word safety, which is really critical. Doing that work of actually asking ourselves the why, essentially. Why do you need that role? What is the outcome behind it? What does success look like? Helps with safety once you're on the team because you understand why you're there. It also helps with recruiting and actually attracting the right people because you can tie this into an outcome. You can tie this into something that you opt into. Yes, I'm coming in. I want to go and help and solve that problem. And you help with prioritization and understanding the broader perspective that you're contributing to. And that is very significant. And I, uh, I look forward to more conversations with TA leaders that are thinking that way. We're also seeing those new departments being set up of talent access, or, which are looking at alternative sources of high-end contracts, specialized workforce, et cetera, as a way to implement some of the things that we talked about as we build more resilient, outcome-driven workforces. Yeah, I love that. And Rafael, I'm going to put your, um, let me see if I can put this up here. There we go. There's your LinkedIn uh, place to connect again. I want to remind everybody, this is an ad-free zone. It is technically a chat GPT free zone too, but it's an ad-free zone. Uh, so there, nobody pays to get on the show. Nobody pays to, to sort of connect and be here. It's just because somebody comes in, they're doing cool stuff, or there's an idea of a cool conversation that we'd like to have with them. So if you want to connect with Rafael and the, and the A-team, uh, go ahead and give this a look. It's just linkedin.com slash in slash name. Uh, so we'll put it put it all in there and up there so everybody can sort of check that out. It's pretty easy. Uh, Rafael, let me ask you if if you're gonna if you're gonna write a book about what's going on in the space right now uh, about this topic around what you're so passionate about, what what do you think you would title that book? I builders the builder economy, the team economy that is being um, that is the the world that we're we're about to live in. I think the. We experience our teams much more than we experience our companies. Mm. And the ability to team up with great people to do the work that you care about is something that is uh, universal and so deeply rooted in all of us professionals across every industry, every discipline. And exploring that with people like you and your community um, is uh, is something that we're deeply passionate with. And, and I think we're writing the book as we as we speak, as we as we're doing it. I love it. I love that stuff. So, Rafael, who who gets the first signed copy? Think carefully. It's Valentine's <laughs> Definitely my wife. Uh, in fact, she doesn't get the first signed copy. She's getting all the drafts, uh, and she's helping write it in a way. Because you can imagine two, uh, two a husband and wife, both in future of work, HR tech, uh, running startups. Um, we talk about the book every day without calling it a book. Yeah, just a dinner conversation for us, you know? Yeah, you know, being someone else that's in a relationship with somebody in the space, the evening conversations are just easy. 
Yeah, uh, right. It's not lengthy. They do go long and work does carry sometimes to midnight, but they are they are good conversations and easy to have. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a big and really interesting problems to to solve with with great people. So grateful to have that opportunity. Well, it's good stuff. We're glad to have big brains like you uh, come on and chat us up a little bit. Uh, hang out. Don't go anywhere yet. I'm going to put you in the green room for two seconds. I just want to remind a few people of stuff. Much gratitude, Raphael. Much gratitude. So Thank you so much. It was great. All right. I just want to remind everybody really quickly, cxr.org slash podcast uh, for all of the future shows, as well as the previous shows in the archive you can get there, as well as cxr.org slash events. We are back at live events. We're super excited. We kick off in March in Florida. Uh, so where we're doing our branding, employment branding and marketing meeting will be live. Did I say live yet? I'm super excited about it. Uh, but check out the events calendar. You can now register if you're a CXR member to attend those. And with that, I'm going to leave everybody and say happy Valentine's Day. And Hopefully uh, you're not working too late. Go have a nice dinner. Do something with somebody, uh, whether it's your pet or your friends uh, or your significant other. But make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.